Welcome to Paper Team, a podcast about television writing and becoming a TV writer. I'm Alex Friedman, aka TV Calling. And I'm Nick Watson on Twitter at underscore NJ Watson. And today we are going to talk about ways of surviving your hiatus and staying productive during your off season. But first, we have not one, not two, but three breaking news. <laughs> All right, reporting live from my apartment. It's Nick. <laughs> what do we got? Yes, thank you, Alex, and uh, welcome back to now. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, our first big announcement we have that we can finally share with the world is that we have, for the third year in a row, another Paper Team WonderCon panel. Ooh, was that? Are you haunting the podcast, Ooh. or was that excitement? <laughs> it was both, all of the above. <laughs> You're haunting us with your excitement. Uh, so. It will be not this weekend, but the next Saturday, March 30th. We're going to be hosting a panel called Comics and TV Writing, How to Bring the Page to Screen. And that will be at 4 p.m. in room 207 of the Anaheim Convention Center at WonderCon. Absolutely. And we're going to be having some amazing guests, uh, including comic book writers, TV writers from shows based on comics, as well as folks like artists and TV executives to discuss the creative process of bringing comics to life on the small screen. It's going to be a great panel. Every year we have an awesome turnout there. WonderCon is is that definitely one of my favorite conventions to go to. It's like just the right size, and it's always a lot of fun. So if you're already coming to WonderCon, if you're thinking about coming to WonderCon, please come check out the panel. Say hi to us afterwards. Uh, we'd love to see you there. Yeah, we're very excited to do it again for the third year in a row. So I'm pretty excited for that. Uh, the other breaking news is that we are doing a deep dive into the TV fellowship and writing programs with one-on-one sit-down, well, technically two-on-one sit-down with the heads of each major fellowship. That means ABC, CBS, NBC, and Warner Brothers. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. This is really the first time anyone's ever had a one-on-one or two-on-one, I guess, conversation going over everything in detail about the program, everything you ever wanted to know about the process from applications through to the program itself and what happens afterwards. Uh, So we're going to be joined by Christy Schutten from ABC Disney. Uh, We're going to be joined by Jeannie Mao from CBS, uh, Karen Horn from NBC Universal, and Rebecca Windsor from Warner Brothers. Absolutely. And, And those folks have been on panels before, but this is really the first time that you get to hear them talk in depth about their program for an hour, essentially. And we'll be digging into uh, everything, like Nick said, from the application process all the way to the program itself. Uh, So pretty exciting. Yeah, we hope that this will be sort of a definitive resource for writers looking for uh, detailed information about each of these programs. So we're very excited about that. Absolutely. And what is our third breaking news? We are going to be doing our very last paper tease next episode. And after that, uh, I think two episodes after that, we are going to be kicking off with our mentorship after having whittled down our our short list of people and decided uh, who we are going to be taking through this journey for the next, I don't know, six to eight months of creating a new TV pilot from the idea all the way through to the the final drafts and what we do with it afterwards. It's kind of like our own little fellowship, isn't it? It is. It's the paper team fellowship, paper team writing program. Well, you can have my axe. And my sword. All right, great. And someone else's bow. I don't know. <laughs> we'll take your script and mortar and throw it in a volcano. That's it's absolutely not what we're doing, <laughs> just so people know. As we brought up before, the idea with this mentorship is to follow the whole process of someone's pilot from a pitch all the way to final draft. So tune in next week for the very last of our contenders, and then a few weeks after for the mentorship from there on out. So we're yeah looking forward to that. All right, and now on to the episode. 
In this episode, we are talking about ways of surviving your hiatus and staying productive during your off season. But first off, let's look at why that is so important. Even at the professional levels, being a writer is unfortunately not year-round employment 52 weeks out of the year with paid holidays like some you know regular jobs in the world are. Most writing jobs will run for about 20 weeks. I mean, sometimes if you're lucky now because of the shorter season orders these days. And then you kind of have to manage that downtime until your next gig or hopefully you know your show's renewed and you're asked back again for another season. Now, the pay that you get from these 20 weeks is good, but once you average it out over the year, it's maybe just enough that you can survive the rest of the year if you budget carefully, especially if you're eligible for unemployment. But then once you string all that money out, you're effectively earning maybe less than assistant wages on average over the year. To break it down, a WGA staff writer salary is around $4,000 a week, which sounds like a lot, you know, but that's over 20 weeks. Then you minus 10% for an agent, 10% for a manager, maybe 5% for a lawyer. Another 30% comes out of that for state and federal taxes plus your guild joining fees and dues, which I think is usually about a week's salary, so another $4,000. And at the end, you're taking home something like $700 a week of actual money once it's averaged out over the full year and minus all of those things, which is like an average to below average assistant salary. And this is why people often have to supplement their income with freelance writing work or return to other work in the industry or try to find other shows in between those seasons. Yeah, and like you said, a lot of uh, rooms right now are evolving into that mini room format where they're they're bringing in those writers for only a limited amount of weeks. So that even lessens the amount of money you're going to take in uh, even more. Uh, But the same can also be said with being an assistant with arguably even less job security. There is actually a big conversation happening right now about living wages, which I'm sure we'll cover more at length uh, in a later episode. But as we pointed out, there's a lot of uncertainty when it comes to being on hiatus. So how would one approach maybe finding their next job or deciding when it is time to kind of move on? Well, the first thing to note is that you should never put all your eggs in one basket, uh, especially when you're an assistant or lower level staff writer. Uh, If you just wrapped on a show and you're hoping it gets renewed, but you're not quite sure, then you should still look at potentially other options and hopefully you'll be able to come back but it does happen a lot that a show either doesn't come back soon enough for you or you are just not asked back to begin with so that's one thing you should look out for yeah, whether it's the case that the show maybe isn't going to come back for another five or six months due to the way that scheduling is done. If you work in animation, maybe it won't come back for a full year. There's really just no way to reliably have one single job take you through the next five, 10 years of your career anymore. Exactly. And on that note, also, you should not assume that things are going to work out. Uh, that's probably a pessimistic thing to say, but I think it is important for us to be realistic about this industry, especially in this episode. So if you're wrapping or ending a job on a show, don't necessarily expect the higher ups to help you find another gig, at least as an assistant. And if you're a writer, then it should be both your job to connect with other EPs and your rep's responsibility to send you out. It's incredibly common in this industry to take two steps forward and one step backwards. Remember that it's still progress in the end, even if it seems like you're going back. Most people I know who got staffed didn't find another job for at least six to 12 months afterwards, especially a writing job, sometimes more. Very often, you will have to return to doing a regular industry production work or assistant jobs or other work like driving an Uber or DoorDash or something. It can be kind of hard to take that blow to your ego. After all, you just made it. You just achieved your life goal of being a working writer 
wider. But unfortunately, it's not just all smooth sailing from there on out. And you do need to be prepared mentally and materially for the instability of working in such a creative contract based industry like writing. So take Kendrick Lamar's advice and be humble. Yeah, I mean, you got to remember that this whole career, this whole industry is a journey. It's not an end goal. It's a process. It's ongoing. So uh, there's definitely going to be a point where maybe you were staffed and then uh, the next season you may have to take a writer's assistant position, uh, which may seem like a step down, but ultimately you're going to be moving forward. So you got to keep the bigger picture in mind. All right. So the first topic we want to tackle is how to stay productive, especially with writing and how to be kind of organized when you are now in your hiatus or off season. You're right. And the first thing to point out is that you should have a schedule and stick to it, uh, which of course is easier said than done. But I have found very useful to have some sort of routine, uh, however loose it is, uh, which includes, you know, a bedtime and a wake up time. That way my schedule isn't messed up too much when I jump back on another show. And it's also a mental thing. You can set a dedicated uh, amount of hours for your job search or your networking. And that way you will actually accomplish things in your job quest instead of every effort you make being sort of diluted across the day. Which brings me to my next point, which is this idea that you got to have tangible hours for tangible goals. This is something we discussed at length in our productivity episode, but as a quick reminder, it is vital that you break down your goals and what you want to accomplish in a granular, practical actionable way. So if you want to find another job, then your goal should not be, uh, I want to find another job by June 2nd. It should be more from 9am to 2pm. I'm going to reach out to X number of contacts. I'm going to look up X number of jobs and I'm going to send out X number of resumes and so forth. Maybe you won't hit your target every single day, but at least you have something specific to aim for. Exactly. And not only will these specific measurable goals make it easier for you to make progress towards what you want to be doing, but mentally, it's going to feel like you're actually achieving something. It's very easy to get burnt out and despondent thinking, well, it's been two weeks or a month or two months and I still haven't found a job. I just wasted all of that time. Well, if you've actually been meeting your goals every day or every week, then you've actually probably sent out, I don't know, 300 job applications and had 12 coffees or drinks with acquaintances or written 60 pages of your feature project. So you actually have something to look at and feel accomplished about rather than just wallowing in the futility of it all. Yeah. And it's also a time where you can think long term as well. Are you looking to be staffed or to get another assistant gig? Uh, Those two things are not mutually exclusive. So make sure you specifically divide those goals in your schedule based on what you want to accomplish, short term and long term. Which writers are you reaching out to in the hopes of an assistant position as opposed to which EPs are you catching up with to see if they're going to be staffing soon? You got to divide and conquer. Right. You can either look at this period of time as a crisis or a disaster, or you can see it as an opportunity that you're going to have. There's never going to be a time where you have more free time and ability to structure your life how you want it. You know, I think you need to look sort of like a Zen mindset about it. Like there's nothing I can do in this exact moment to change the situation. So I'm going to make the most of what I have available to me now, which is time and opportunity and uh, see what happens. Yeah. Basically be Dr. Strange in Infinity War and see all the possibilities (laughs) and be above uh, time and space. Yes. Come to bargain with Dormammu for your next job. (laughs) And on that note, you also have to stay sharp. Don't let the lack of job distract you from the need to stay productive on a writing level. You should be able to produce X scripts a week or month. As soon as you're on a hiatus and don't have a clear schedule, it's very easy 
and tempting to see where things go and casually write when you want, as opposed to writing within a specific time frame, like when you are on a show. So make sure you stay sharp in that writing process and meet the deliveries, even if you're making them up. Maybe start a writing group or join a writing class or ask your reps to give you clear deadlines for a potential job opening. Whatever the case may be, your writing should flourish during this hiatus period, not dwindle down. What about things other than work? How should we be focusing our time around hobbies and recreation? Hmm, recreation? This thing's other than work? <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, you got to learn new things. I think now is your opportunity. You have some time, so take time for yourself. Just because you're in between jobs doesn't mean your life should also pause. Now is the perfect time to learn a new craft or a new hobby or dig into heavy research for your next project. Why not also tie it to that hobby as a business of it all and learn something that will specifically be able to make you some money, uh, which we'll talk about in a bit. Right. And I think it's really important not to take just having some fun for granted. You know, relaxation and recreation is an important part of your mental health. It's very easy to be overwhelmed by the anxiety of job searching and networking and managing your money when you're not working and you forget to actually just live your life. You know, if you've just finished a job, then you earn some time off, maybe plan a road trip or a little holiday or a weekend getaway. Try and organize a group of friends to go camping or just get together for drinks or a board games or video games night, something like that, you know. Dedicate some time to the hobbies that you enjoy and bring you happiness, whether that's sports or games or crafts or reading. I mean, hell, even just catch up on all the TV and movies that you haven't had a chance to watch yet, which is actually important research for the business to be in that cultural conversation of what's going on and what's good right now. Who knows? You might even end up working on one of those shows. Yeah, it's very important to take that breather. Usually when I finish working on a super long, uh, super intense show, I'm going to go on that road trip or just grab my car and drive up north somewhere uh, to take a breather either and, and get out of town really and sort of see the bigger picture so that's uh, very useful yeah it definitely helps to disconnect and kind of use that as a mental signpost for now i'm allowed to switch off for two days and i don't have to be constantly checking my email and doing this and then when you get back you get back into your routine and your creativity yeah and then nick tells me why didn't you answer my emails for two weeks and i'm like <laughs> well i took a break uh, <laughs> The other thing is you can volunteer. There are plenty of ways of helping others while helping yourself. Uh, beyond charitable causes, you can volunteer your time at writing-related places or events. The Rise Yale Foundation is often looking for volunteers to help out with their live events. And that's just one organization among many in LA. Uh, the same can be said for any other conventions, including Comic-Con and Austin Film Festival and WonderCon, which we mentioned earlier. You get a badge for helping them out, which gives you access without having to pay for it, obviously beyond your time. That's how you got to make sure that the time you put in is worth the amount and the benefits you get out of it. Also, at the same time, you may just want to volunteer and do things for the sake or the enjoyment of the good feeling you get out of it. It doesn't have to be slanted towards I'm volunteering for networking opportunities because you actually never know where you're going to meet people in this town. You might end up volunteering for a soup kitchen or a charity and you bump into someone who happens to work in the industry and something happens for you down the line from that friendship. Or you might just want to go play some like community dodgeball or whatever and then suddenly you meet some exec who wants to read your script. You know, not everything has to be directly focused towards uh, trying to put yourself out there. Things will just kind of happen when you live your life. So how about the social interaction side of your time during hiatus? Now is your time 
to reach out to colleagues and uh, old connections. And it may seem awkward at first, and to be honest, it kind of is, but don't be afraid to reach out to those people and your whole Rolodex as soon as things are starting to wrap. Ending your job is a legitimate excuse to catch up with old acquaintances, and you can gauge how close you are with them beforehand when reaching out, because honestly, it could be very transparent that you are looking for a job. But that isn't a bad thing in of itself. I'd rather people be more upfront with me than have to wait until I'm wined and dined to discover someone wants to use me as a favor, Nick Watson. (laughs) Yes, I obviously do that with Alex all the time. No, but that's very true. I think that there's this fine line you walk between you're hitting up a friend to say hi and catch up and whatever. And then if you wait all that time and then like, oh, also I'm looking for a job, it, that can seem a little bit more two-faced to people than if you were just like, hey, how are you? And then you say up front, just finish this job looking for something new. Anyway, what's going on in your life? Like, I think it's better to be upfront about that for people because they can kind of smell it coming. Yeah. And hopefully you are genuine when you want to catch up with that old acquaintance. You want to learn what they've been up to, not just because you want to ask them for a favor, but just because you're a friend. Right, exactly. And you're not necessarily asking them for a job or like, hey, can you put me up for a job or can you do this thing for me? It's just making it known that your job is finished and you're looking for the next thing. And then when they hear about things, they'll keep you in mind for it. You're not specifically asking for a favor. You're just putting it out there and you shouldn't be afraid to make those things known. But, you know, like Alex was saying, this is the perfect time to touch base with everyone you were too busy to catch up with while you were working. Not only is it good for you to just get some social interaction after emerging from your dark rider cave, but <laughs> uh, but putting it out there, you're looking for your next thing. And then now you have that network of people and their extended networks uh, keeping an eye out for opportunities for you rather than just you and your reps. So it's good. You know, you get to see your friends, have a good time, and you never know what might happen career-wise. <laughs> Another element you should not underestimate is the importance of your own fitness and health. Yeah, it's very easy to let your health slip by the wayside when you're busy working. Maybe you're doing late nights, long hours, and you really just don't have the energy or motivation to do anything when you get home, let alone go to the gym or do an exercise routine at home. You probably don't want to cook or prep food, so you just order a bunch of takeout. Uh, you know, everyone puts on the 10, 15 pounds when you start a new show. It's it's pretty common. Well, I feel so seen right now. <laughs> well, you know, now that you're on hiatus, it's the perfect time to get back into your healthy habits again because you have all the time in the world to do it. But you have to make time for it explicitly. Like with writing, as Alex said, don't just assume because you're free all day, oh, you'll get to it at some point. You need to be setting those specific appointments to do some exercise or plan your meals for the week and go shopping. Yeah, and mental health is also very important. It can get pretty lonely when you're not on a job and you spend your days at home writing your next script. So take a breath, go for a walk, uh, talk to someone. Don't become a wizard of loneliness like Nathan Fielder. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, You know, alternatively to what I said before, you may have thrived on the structure of your workday and been able to keep up that routine while you were working. But now that you're home and you're not doing anything, it could be harder to find the motivation and the rhythm to stay healthy. So in that off season, it's important to not only stick to your fitness routine and your eating routines, but other routines like writing and work time and even sleep. You know, just because you don't have anywhere to be tomorrow, it doesn't mean you should stay up all night and sleep in. As Alex mentioned earlier, if you try to keep your sleep schedule consistent with what it would have been in the work week and even carry that over to weekends as well, uh, your body and your energy levels will thank you for it, especially when you don't have to struggle again with that adjustment period when you start work and you suddenly have 8 a.m. starts. 
Yeah, and you can start at home with your environment. And one way of doing that is by creating a workspace. Uh, you will get lazy on hiatus. There's no two ways about it. It's going to happen. You'll slack off. Things will fall by the wayside. You'll start binging show after show instead of working on yourself. Uh, so be proactive about the way you avoid that by creating a workspace dedicated to your writing or your job search. Maybe it's physically relocating your laptop to the living room table instead of your bed. Or maybe it's actually renting out a space somewhere that isn't your apartment. Uh, it may sound small, but it makes a huge difference when you physically separate your home space from your workspace. Yeah, that's a really great tip. And it, it is, you know, psychologically a very true thing that if you try to write with your laptop in bed, you're going to mix up those feelings of, well, the bed is a place for sleep and you're going to start feeling sleepy and tired when you try to write and you don't want to mix those two things together. So even if you're not hiring a place, but you just go to a coffee shop, you go out to a park or you, you dedicate a chair and the table in the kitchen as your writing space. And when you sit there, you write. And then when you're on the couch or when you're in bed, uh, that's your time for rest and relaxation. I think that's a really important part of setting setting those boundaries for yourself and your work. So here's another really important part of being out of work is how do you manage your money and your finances while you don't have that job? Well, one way of handling money is to turn maybe a hobby you, that you have as some kind of side income or a potential business, especially in the day of Ubers and Etsy's and so forth. There are ways of making side income that doesn't rely entirely on being an assistant or do some kind of industry related job. So try to see if you can monetize your own crafts and your own hobbies and your own talents for yourself. So can you sell specific designs? on Etsy? Or are you able to learn how to do social marketing as a freelance opportunity for other companies? So figure out what you can do in ways you can monetize your own skills. Yeah, I think taking on freelance work is really common in these off seasons because it's flexible and you're not really committed to anything. You're still able to keep your work schedules and go and take appointments and interviews and things. So, you know, everyone does that kind of thing. A really common one is script reading, especially if you're working in this industry. You know, this can be a really flexible way to make some money. You work whenever you want reading the scripts and when you're done, you get paid for it. But you need to keep a few things in mind. Each script will probably take you a good couple of hours to read and write coverage on, so make sure that it's worth your time. If you're only getting paid $30 to read a script, that might be great if you can finish it all in an hour, you're making $30 an hour, but if it takes two hours, then you're getting $15 an hour. Three hours, suddenly you're making far less than minimum wage. And also bear in mind that all of this stuff is 1099 freelance work, so tax is not being withheld from your check. Realistically, you're actually making maybe 20 to 30% less than that because you will have to pay that to your taxes eventually. So make sure you put that money aside right away or just keep that in your budget. Or maybe you can outsource all that work on Upwork.com and find someone else to do your work for you. <laughs> Create your media empire. Yeah. <laughs> Another thing to keep in mind when you're in between jobs, especially, is the importance of budgeting the amount that you have. So there are various tools available, like You Need a Budget, uh, which is a great uh, website slash uh, service that helps you budget uh, not just your rent and the food, but every single service that you pay. So that way you can figure out a way of saving the money that you have without spending it all away. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's much better to have a very clear idea of I have this amount of time before I need to be bringing in another income source or have found this next job. You can live comfortably within that. 
rather than just kind of like wallowing around and be like, well, my bank account's slowly draining. Who knows how long it'll take? Because I think that, you know, for most people, money will run out a lot quicker than you think it will. Yeah. And usually if you're afraid of looking at your bank account, that's usually when you should be looking at your bank account. Exactly. You don't want to get yourself into like credit card debt or anything in the time that you're in hiatus and then be struggling to pay it back when you have a job. Yeah. And uh, take a listen to our Managing Finances episode, which is PT16 and Supplemental Income for Writers episode. That's PT35 for more on this topic. All right. Are there any other last thoughts we have uh, about what you can be doing on hiatus to stay productive or keep yourself sane? Well, like we said earlier, you got to have fun. Uh, sometimes it is easy to get bogged down by the responsibilities of finding a job or writing that script under a deadline. But maybe go a little crazy and write something totally unexpected. I actually recently decided to just go straight into a draft on this half-hour dramedy idea that just popped into my head. It's been quick to write, so it actually did not take much away from the rest of my responsibilities or samples expected by my reps. Uh, but it also allowed me to not just diversify my portfolio, but think about things uh, completely differently. Yeah, I think it's important to realize that this kind of intermittent unemployment and hiatus is extremely common for almost everyone who works in the industry. It's nothing to be ashamed of. It's just something that you really have to plan for and know how you're going to carry yourself during it. And, you know, just find ways to stay busy and productive. Maybe you want to like think of all the things when you're so busy, you don't have time for anything. You're like, oh my God, I wish I could just be doing this instead. All the things that you want to be procrastinating with while you're working, uh, save them up and do them now. Maybe you want to start a project. You want to Uh, build something or you want to design something or some sort of, you know, whatever it happens to be, this is the time for all of that when you can kind of manage it out and uh, have something that kind of keeps your mind going and keeps your routine in place. Absolutely. And it's also important to not tie your self-worth with what you're doing or not doing during that hiatus time. So many people beat themselves up by, you know, not applying to enough jobs or not writing enough scripts. And I I guess that kind of goes against everything we said in this episode. Uh, That's said, it is still important to take a breath and realize what you're doing and the fact that sometimes it's fine to just have fun. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that it's it's very easy to be like, well, I applied for 500 jobs and I didn't get any of them. I didn't even get an interview where I got one interview and I didn't come through. Surely that's a reflection on me. And that's not always the case. It's just an incredibly competitive town to find a job in. And a lot of the time these jobs are already gone before they're even put up on job websites. That's why it is so important to be out there and reconnecting with people and making it known that you're looking because the number one way you're going to get a job. And I think the number one way that most of us in this town have ever gotten jobs is by referrals from people or being alerted to the fact that a job is available early and coming in and having that interview and having people vouch for you. Yeah, it it is that crossover between timing and talent. And so finding that right moment is key. So that was a slightly shorter episode, but we just thought it was an important reminder for any of you who might find yourselves in that situation and have a few little helpful tips for what you can do. But before we go, uh, please don't forget that we are now on Patreon. So if you enjoyed this episode, please consider supporting Paper Team via our Patreon page at paperteam.co slash Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. You'll get cheat sheets, bonus content, merchandise, and we can keep producing a great show for you every week. So thanks to all of our listeners who tuned in. You can get all the show notes for this episode at paperteam.co slash 126. And as always, I'm on Twitter at TVCalling. I'm at underscore NJ Watson. If you have any thoughts, feedback, ideas for future episodes, you can always send them to ask at paperteam.co. And what are we doing next week? 
Well, next week we'll be reading the very last paper teases that were submitted to us by the deadline, and uh, we'll you know be seeing if there's any contenders in there for the mentorship. Very exciting, and we'll also be tackling some latest TV writing news. So we will see you then. Catch you then.